After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Hey, you got the power play. Get out of here. Hey. 36 right here for the rock. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. We're not doing this. I don't want to babysit all night. A little bit of nastiness today. Huh? Nothing good's coming out of this, big man. Have you seen this before? Yes, it's rule something, point something. He's not putting a stick in here. You keep your stick out of him. Here we go. Let's roll, boys. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. When you're ready, big guy. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. It's nice that training camp is well underway. We talk about how important training camp is, Josh, for the players, for the coaches, everybody to kind of get in the rhythm, develop a little chemistry and understand how things are going to work this year. And this past week, it was really nice because the Department of Player Safety is also starting to get into midseason form and develop a little chemistry. Absolutely. It's it's not like these guys, I mean, they get the summer off, but it's not like they have a training camp to prepare. They're not sitting in the room in, in August or early September watching videos and practicing their calls. They, they've got to wait for the preseason. <laughs> they've got to wait for some live action. And the NHL preseason did not disappoint in helping these guys get up to speed. It's funny how sometimes whatever you're looking for, you're going to happen in the National Hockey League. And we seem to have found it because we've had hearings and we've had rulings and we've had suspensions and we've had fines. And you've got the Scouting the Refs podcast, of course. Make sure you're following us on our social channels. You get Josh, of course, at Scouting the Refs on both Twitter and Instagram. For me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports on Twitter and Instagram. On this week's episode... Subpoenas delivered for the first hearings of the season, a true first for the Kraken, it's a big fine for Petrie, and how about our first instigator penalty discussion of the year? What do you think about that? Boy, that it didn't take long for the gloves to be dropped or for us to debate the merits <laughs> of why, when, how, and what the outcome should be. Okay, we will get to that a little bit later. Before we dive into on-ice things, let's recognize linesman Corey Nagy, who has decided he is going to step away from the game and retire. We see this sometimes during training camp where players will come in near the end of their career or on PTOs and decide, you know what, it's, it's time for me to step away. And Corey Nagy has decided to make that decision on his life. Yeah, wishing him the best wherever he ends up. A linesman for what would have been his sixth season in the National Hockey League. He was one of the NHL's recruits that made the transition from a high-level player. I spent five years in the AHL and ECHL with the Devils organization, the Toronto Marlies. Made that transition over to officiating where he worked the lines and uh, certainly did a solid job during his career. But for one reason or another, as, as you mentioned, for whatever the case is, injuries or something else behind the scenes or if your your heart's just not in it. Not sure what the reasoning was, but uh, Nagy has decided to step away and uh, hang up his whistle. So wishing him the best wherever his career takes him. And, you know, certainly not an easy transition necessarily. You've got that dream as a player and it's a backup. You get to stay in the game as an official, but maybe that's not your dream. It is not an easy lifestyle from what happens on the ice to what happens elsewhere in the rink to even the travel and the demands on your family and time. So, you know, a, a hard, hard job, a hard life at times for these guys. And uh, it's certainly something that Nagy decided just for whatever reason, not for him. So all the best to Corey Nagy. Here, here, all the best. All right, we've teased it. The Department of Player Safety was busy this past week. Preseason games underway, players 
Should we say immediately are testing the limits? Um, I, I wonder if they're not aware that even though not all preseason games are televised, there is going to be video evidence of anything questionable that happens out on the ice. Some of it's not great. Some of it is like it's shot from the space shuttle down <laughs> inside the buildings, but you do have video evidence. So in a game between the Seattle Kraken and the Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton forward James Hamlin was engaged with a Seattle defender when Kraken forward Jacob Melanson delivered a high hit and made contact with the head of Hamlin. After taking a look, league held a hearing with Melanson, issued the verdict, two-game suspension. And Josh, to my knowledge, this is the first ever suspension issued to a Kraken player. So he is going to be the answer to one of those great trivia questions. <laughs> yes, it's a first. It's a Kraken first. Maybe not one that they want to memorialize or hang a banner or <laughs> you know send out some public relations tweets about. But yes, uh, the first suspension for a player, a player, I might add, who has yet to make his regular season debut, but is already in the Kraken record books for his two game suspension. So a few things with this. We don't know if he's going to be scheduled to play more preseason games, so that essentially would serve the suspension if he were to be put into the lineup, so to speak, immediately taken out because of the suspension. And players technically don't get paid during training camp as well, so he's not losing any money in this instance. That's right. He doesn't lose anything. There's there's no salary to be forfeited. The biggest thing he loses is a chance to make an impression at camp, so... Like you said, with the way rosters work in preseason, it, maybe it's not a huge impact. Maybe they would have sat him out a game or two anyway, but hopefully there's some time left for him to try to have some games or some situations to make a good impression on the team in some preseason games, you know, once he's served his two-game ban. Now, he'll have to serve the suspension and we'll wait and see how it plays out, but he hasn't actually played a regular season game yet either, has he? Nope, not yet, which is uh, something you'd, you'd hope you'd be able to do. And uh, interestingly, if he wasn't eligible for preseason games, I wouldn't expect this to carry over to the regular season. So it's something where this will be off the books before the regular season starts. We're assuming he'll serve his time and he'll be eligible for the start of the season. That is, if he makes the opening night roster. It would have been weird to suspend him in the preseason and then have to suspend him during the regular season. That would uh, Has this ever happened before? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> funny you ask, Todd, because it actually has. And we didn't have to look back that far <laughs> in the annals of player safety to find that Ridley Grieg, last preseason, was suspended one preseason game and one regular season game. So his suspension actually blocks his NHL debut, which he has yet to make. So whenever Ridley Grieg is making his National Hockey League debut, he will be suspended for that game. Do you think his parents and family will come in for the game that he's suspended? You gotta, you gotta show up for that game, right? That's his first game he would be eligible. And then they can hang around for the next night and he can actually take the ice. But it's not awkward. <laughs> that's a that's a very weird, weird situation. It also got me thinking this whole preseason suspension thing. We often talk about during the, the long Stanley Cup playoff run of when players run afoul, they take into consideration that playoff games are more valuable to miss than regular season games. What about the comparison between regular season and preseason games? It's a little closer to one-to-one, -one, but we have seen some guys with 
egregious offenses that maybe wouldn't have seen quite as long a suspension in the regular season. I think it's it's more comparable. I don't think they uh, add any additional value and they don't discount the preseason games too much. It's a tough spot to be. And like you said, you're not really losing time other than warm up and preparation. You're not losing any dollars from it. So much, much softer when you get that preseason suspension. And I'll be honest, there, some of these veterans probably are happy to be required to sit for a few of the preseason games anyway. Yeah, true enough. It's, it's a wonder we don't hear of more veteran suspensions during the uh, the preseason. A veteran now of the Pittsburgh Penguins also got the attention of player safety during a game with the Red Wings when Jeff Petrie became so irritated, we'll say, with uh, Jonathan Berggren of the Wings, he decided to cuff him one in the back of the head. And that little shot cost them two minutes and $5,000. And that's real money because, again, they're not getting paid. No, this is right out of Petrie's pocket. He's going to have to find some way to come up with the five grand or or maybe somebody can spot him until he gets that first paycheck of the season for his $7.5 million that he'll be earning this year. But, you know, times are tough for him at the moment when he's got to come up with the cash to pay this fine for what was absolutely a bonehead, unnecessary move to do that gloved punch to the back of the head. Yeah, that's pretty unforgivable. And again, there's always going to be video evidence of something that took place. There is another hearing to be held by the Department of Player Safety, this one for LA Kings' Jacob Doty, for a hit that he delivered on the San Jose Sharks' Jeffrey Veal. The game took place Wednesday. Veal was waiting for a pass. The puck went off his stick, and Doty absolutely laid him out. As you can imagine, there was a scrum afterwards. Doty got five and a game and will likely get some additional discipline from the league. Again, there's, there's limited video. It makes these kinds of rulings tougher. But watching from the, the high angle that I did, at, at the very least, this is interference, which was the call out on the ice. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It was a late hit. So interference is the easy call potentially you could be looking at a charge. It looks like he led with the elbow and left his feet. So if you want to give him the trifecta of of what it was called under, clearly a major penalty, clearly some head contact on this late hit. And it, it doesn't impact the outcome either way. And we'll see if player safety affirms that as an interference call, which it was, or if they go with an elbowing call, which it was, or a charge for leaving his feet, which it also was. <laughs> Don't know what they'll go with, but ultimately it doesn't matter. It should result in a suspension. And it was the right call on the ice to give him the major penalty on the play. So you're saying even with this limited amount of video of <laughs> this was... evidence, that's still pretty stacked against Doty. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think even from this uh, the, the space station angle that we saw, it was pretty clear <laughs> that, that this was not by any sense a legal hit. And one that it's one of the hits that you want to get out of the game. It's one where you're going to potentially cause an injury. It's not a hockey play. And I, I think it's up to the league to decide which way they want to go with how they're going to hand the suspension out. But the, the impact should be one to two games at minimum. Okay, that's a phrase, this is a hit we want to get out of the game, that the Dallas Stars coach Pete DeBoer also used in a game this past week. Game involved Dallas and Minnesota, and it was Stars forward Rupe Hintz who was clobbered by the Wilds' Brandon Baddock. After making a play to keep the puck in the offensive zone, Baddock laid out the Stars forward, And he was then jumped by Dallas defenseman Jared Rosberg. Those two fought. Rosberg got five for fighting. Baddock was penalized a major for interference along with the game misconduct and the five for fighting. That makes sense. 
there was no instigator penalty called in this particular game instance. Puzzling to me. I'm not going to argue with the rest of the calls. I think the officials properly assessed the situation there. But regardless of the legality of the hit, this was an instigator. I mean, he he jumped the guy. And yeah. I'm not saying you don't want to stick up for your teammates. We all know that part of hockey is to you see a guy go down with a hit. You want to stick up for your teammates. The, the trade-off is, you know, do you want to take a number? Do you want to hit him legally? Do you want to try to send a message or intimidate? Or do you drop the gloves and go in? And if that's what you choose to do, you deserve the instigator penalty. It's a 2-5-10. and 10, and, and I think it was earned on this play because clearly there wouldn't have been a fight if he hadn't jumped the guy. And I'm not saying he didn't feel that it was deserved. He was trying to stick up for his teammate, but he instigated a fight and it should be penalized that way. It would seem to me that would have been the correct call. So let me go to the one other game situation from this past week that I want to talk about. And maybe we'll sort of blend the two together. And I have kind of an idea of how we might approach these. Uh, it, this one involved the hit on Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks. It was a big hard hit in the neutral zone by Yandy Yannick of the Arizona Coyotes. As we have seen on a million occasions... It was a teammate that once again comes to his aid to gain justice. This case, it was Adam Henrique who jumps in. The two fight, and once the dust is settled, Adam Henrique correctly was penalized 2, 5, and 10, the dreaded instigator penalty. So I'm, I'm still questioning as to why... Sometimes we see the instigator, sometimes we don't see the instigator in this case. And and again, there was no penalty on Yannick for an illegal check to Zagris. It was just that he got blown up and hasn't been back in the lineup since. And Adam Henrique felt that he was the one that should administer justice. Well, I think you you nailed it there, Todd, that when it comes to the players feeling like they need to administer justice... It's fine if you take a number. It's fine if you go into the guy, skate into the guy, and uh, you, know, you, you want to jaw on the ice and, and make some comments. But the second you drop the gloves, regardless of whether the hit's legal or not, it's an instigator penalty. It should be called that way. I, I don't think we can leave it up to the players. And I don't think we trust the players, let alone have them make the assessment of, hey, was that a legal hit or not? If it was a legal hit, we're going to call an instigator. And if it was not a legal hit, well, we'll let you slide. I we can't trust the players to make that call. The officials shouldn't be allowing the officials to make that call. I, I'd argue that the players should let the officials do their job. But the second you're going in, whether the hit was legal, illegal, whether there was an injury on the play, if you're instigating a fight, I, I don't understand why it wouldn't be called. And I know there's no focus coming out of the officials training camp to call more instigator penalties. You know, they haven't had a highlight on that like we've seen with some of the other calls coming out of camp. So no additional focus on this, but I think this is a good example that you've pointed out here of where they really need to calibrate to get that same consistency across games because you, you do need to call that instigator penalty. That's that's the only way you're going to show these guys that they can't take the law into their own hands. Calibrate is going to be the word of this week. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy that one. So here's an idea I had, and I guess maybe we can 
use this as putting a bow on some of the rule suggestions from our our last podcast and this one. And I guess we can apply it a little differently in these two situations. They're very similar, except one hit was uh, an illegal check and wound up getting the uh, Minnesota Wild player five and a game. And in the Henrique situation, the hit on Trevor Zegras was not an illegal check. Oh, this is going to rub so many people the wrong way when I suggest (laughs) this. Okay, well, okay, so wait a minute. All right. Because it's a two-parter. What we have to do is review the incident on video. So there's the first thing. People will hate that it has more video review. So we'll look at the play, let the officials look at the play, and determine whether or not it was an illegal check that was administered that started the whole ruckus. And once that is determined, if it was a legal check, such as the Arizona-Anaheim game, then the player who starts extracting the vigilante justice is penalized further. He is tossed out of the game. Interesting. Okay, so we're reviewing... I. I we don't have to review all the fights, right? Because nope, we have nope. we have plenty of fights where it seems to be mutual combatants and they're going into this together. So we're looking only at the fights for a potential instigator penalty. Correct. Or, this is- or maybe we call it. Maybe we call the instigator penalty so that then we can have an opportunity to review and see, was it a... Oh, I'm not going to love this wording, but was it a a justified instigator? Right. Well, okay. so maybe we need to work on the terminology a little (laughs) bit. But if it was uh, an egregious instigator, how's that? Okay. If if a legal check was administered and a, a teammate of the player who was victimized by the big check decides, that's it. Gloves are coming off. You and I are fighting right now. If it's an egregious situation... Where right after a legal check, you decide that's it, I'm going in, then you get tossed from the game. Boy, I, I'm, I'm, I want to poke holes in it, Todd. I want to say that that's, that's crazy, that we can't do that, that it's another review and it'll make things difficult. Or that the last thing we need to do is to have more video review when it comes back to the officials. But if the goal is to get these types of fights that come out of hits out of the game, or at least find the ones that that shouldn't be happening, maybe that is a good way to go about it. Maybe there is some opportunity here where they can take a second look. And, and the situations aren't that dramatic. There's not a ton. I mean, we had 32 instigator penalties called all of last season. So at oh. the most... You're looking yeah. at 32 reviews. And I think there are probably some where they could say this is this clearly is or isn't. But Matt, maybe that gives them an opportunity to get the call right. And that's what we're trying to do. And and perhaps it it gives the officials that second look at, you know what, you're trying to police what's going on in the ice. You're looking at the original hit. Maybe that second look at what happened after the hit that led up to the instigator penalty, give them a little more confidence in getting that call right because it's, it is something that's detrimental to the game and, and something that we'd probably want to get rid of. So could we live with at most... 32 more reviews over the course of the season to get the call right on an ejected player. Because as you said, we're looking at it's two, five and 10 for the instigator. So it almost falls under the purview of match penalty reviews that we have. Since you're looking at a guy getting tossed, Todd, I think we can sneak this one in. Ah, you went right down the path (laughs) that I was hoping. We, we already review uh, major penalties as well. If those can be reduced to, to a minor penalty or to now to zero this year, if it's one more review per week, and that's about what it would be. If you said there were 32 instigators called last year, then I think it's worth it. I think, 
We can take a look at it. It doesn't take that long to go back, look at the hit and say, yeah, that one was, you know, three Mississippis. I think that's a bit long. <laughs> I, I don't really I don't really think that this would cause a, a total upheaval in terms of running the game and 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 making the game run too much longer. I mean, two hours and 30 minutes is not a long time for an NHL hockey game. If it takes an extra minute or two, one one night a week, I think we can deal with that. But I, I know it will get resistance. But again, we the instigator penalty and tossing players out was to get rid of line brawls and players coming off the bench. This will get rid of the nonsense that I think universally people will agree that, well, that was a good hit. Shouldn't you just take a number? Sometimes you have to say, you know what? That was a good play. You beat me. I'll beat you the next time. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. And uh, I, we don't even have to really revise the rule book here, at least not the rules around the actual player side. It's really an operational change about what's included in the review. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I think you're looking at protecting players. I think you're looking at player safety, which is the goal, right? So maybe it makes those guys coming in, give it a second thought before they drop the gloves. And, and not that we don't want to see fights, but the instigated kind or the kind when you have an aggressor coming in to uh, to scrap on, on a legal hit maybe it makes them give a second thought and, and maybe they do like you said maybe they go back to taking a number so you're saying that it's uncomplicated it doesn't require a great deal of change and it helps with player safety and makes a lot of sense uh, well yes yes we've yep. just assured that it will never happen it's a major match review it's just mm -hmm. expanding that so Wow, I, that was a well-placed argument that will fall on deaf ears at the NHL, Todd. <laughs> Bingo, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> We're done! Good job! You're good, my book. Good stuff, man. Way to work. Yeah, we're good, man. Too long. Let's go sit for a couple. Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Read more at scoutingtherefs.com. Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Scouting the Refs. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. Okay! That's it. Nicely done. That's good play.